0: it.
1: G'day, guys. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Going to have our round nine rapid review before we head into Bloke and Studios later today. All of that content coming for you over the next 24 hours, every single game in depth, along with some of the big topics from the week. That'll be available here on the Rugby League Guru podcast, broken down into nine or ten little podcasts so that you can pick and choose which bits you would like to listen to. Round nine, cracking round of footy. I started off really poorly. I think I went 0-3 for the first three games, and then I think I got everyone after that, which was sort of expected, apart from those first few games. Not a heap of upsets, but a cracking week of footy, heading into Magic Round next week, which will be super- Super exciting! Cannot wait for Magic Ground. It's going to be sensational. We dropped our stats podcast earlier today, which was a lot of really confusing numbers, to be honest with you, Uh, but worth a listen to looking at the receipts that each team has and what they do with those receipts. So how many receipts it takes to score a try on average and how many receipts it takes for them to make an error on average. And there's a lot of telling stats there, especially with the Melbourne Storm, just to show how good they're going. It's astonishing. Uh, But let's head into each game. So we kicked off Thursday night with the Broncos. 32 over the Bunnies, 12. Adam Reynolds was the star of the show here. Two try assists, one line break, one line break assist, one try, and knocked over five from six goals. Very handy performance against his former club. I thought Paddy Carrigan, he was huge. Uh, the form that he's in at the moment is unbelievable. Uh, he's playing great. I think he will really push for a state of origin jersey. This year he's going great guns. Uh, Stags pretty quiet in this game. Now the thing that stands out for me is that Brisbane scored 32 points. Stags was quiet. Haas wasn't on the field and Capewell wasn't on the field. So an incredible effort and Tomorrow Martin was pretty quiet, I thought too. He's a classy little bastard, but he was pretty quiet so, and I mean, that sounds like a negative to Brisbane. For me, it's a positive. The amount of their stars that have been quiet, yet they're still putting on that many points. Incredibly impressive. The Broncos, they're in eighth place now. They're in the top eight. It's a sensational to see. Kempe's ambush season might have finally arrived. They get a home game next week. They're the only side that gets a home game next week at Suncorp Stadium. So a big opportunity for Brisbane. All things considered, when you have a look at this game and you have a look at the stats at the end of the game... There is no reason why South Sydney should have lost this game. It's actually incredible. I advise you go and have a look at the stats. I'm just getting them up now to read them to you quickly. But it's incredible that South Sydney got beat by 20 and were not in this game. South Sydney, 53% possession. They had four more minutes with the football. Their completion rate was 2% better. They had more runs. They had more run meters. They had more post-contact meters. They had more line breaks. They had eight less tackle breaks. Um, they had... What else did they have Their Play the ball was quicker. They had 18 offloads to eight. Uh, it just... It's crazy that they were played out of this game. It's unbelievable. Two forced dropouts to one. Uh, yeah, I mean, so many reasons... Why? I mean, South Sydney made le- less tackles in Brisbane as well, had to do less work. They you know, they, they, they did miss eight more tackles in Brisbane. Uh, but yeah, crazy. But the Broncos made 17 errors. The Bunnies made 11. Uh, the Broncos conceded eight penalties. The Bunnies conceded six. I mean, there's no reason why South Sydney shouldn't have been in this game. They, they really got dissed in this game, unfortunately. So uh, a tough one there. There's no simbin. There's no send-off to sort of blame on this one, realistically. A disappointing performance from South Sydney and kind of reflects some of the stats we've been talking about the last few weeks with the Bunnies. They seemingly aren't that, that, that far off, but this one was a big kick in the dick for them. Uh, they've obviously or reportedly got Cody Nicarima coming into the squad over the next few weeks, so it'll be interesting to see how they use him. Uh, yeah, Broncos in eighth place. Great to see. Just on South Sydney too, I was reading today... Trent Peoples uh, made the debut for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Came off the bench. Absolutely brained it, by the way. But if they would have actually won this game, which by those stats they probably should have, uh, they wouldn't have got the W because apparently he wasn't properly approved by the NRL. So thankfully... In a weird way, the Bunnies didn't win because that would have been an absolute shitstorm uh, if they lost it off the back of that. So well done to the Brisbane Broncos. They get a couple of troops back next week, hopefully, uh, which will be great for them. But a win against the top eight team, sensational to see. Thursday, we had the Raiders taking on the Canterbury Bulldogs the first game. And this one, uh, this was a tough watch. Let's be perfectly honest here. I don't think I've ever seen so many tries disallowed in a first half. It was crazy. I think Fox got disallowed two tries. Uh, Yeah, tough watch this one. The Raiders without Jack Whiten. They looked more organized to me, but they looked less potent. So it's about finding that balance between the two. Now, I thought that Frawley, the 5'8", he was very, very impressive. He was great, showed really good leadership around the park. I know that Ricky's looking to the future with Schneider. But until Fogarty returns, he might have to look at playing a Frawley at seven to bring the best out of Jack. Uh, I thought that there was a world where Schneider could play that role, but um, as most of you guys said, uh, the experience, it has sort of got the the better of him. They probably need an experienced head in that spot. So it'll be interesting to see what Ricky does next week, if he goes the way of Schneider or if he brings a Frawley or maybe a Sammy Williams into that side. Still no sign of Jack. I think he's out for another two, uh, another week, sorry, so he'll stick with the halves combo from last week. But a bit of pressure on Schneider and an opportunity for him to try and win that seven jersey back because at the moment, I'm probably looking at Frawley and I'm a huge Bradley Schneider fan. Uh, Speaking of experience, Jared Croker, what a performance. Uh, Terrible how it finished. I hated to see him lying on the canvas after that. Great to see him going out to the fans after. Um, Not really a shock though for what we know of Jared Croker, champion fella. But yeah, I, I thought he was unlucky not to score one. Maxi King came up with a huge tackle on him. Um, and I thought he saved at least two tries with his defense. A few times I thought Jake Averillo was gone and Jared Croker came up with big plays. So hopefully uh, he's not out for too long. I haven't heard too much. I think he's on 294 games now. So we want to see him get to that three scunge because he deserves it. Uh, Jared Croker. Mate, a grand total of eight errors for the Canberra which is very unusual. Still, they only managed to win by 10 points. It's not a huge turnaround, but they're heading in the right direction. You put Jack in there, uh, I, I think that they probably score a few more points there. You obviously had Matty Tomoko. He moved to the right side. Uh, Jared Croker on the left, where he's been the last few years. So uh, it'd be interesting to see if Jared Croker is out this week, which uh, you'd have to assume he'd have to be close to out this week, if not out for a few weeks, what they do with Matty Tomoko, if they move him to the left or not. Um, there was a moment in this game, i where It was early on, Kyle Flanagan, there was a tackle on about the 20-meter line, almost on the left tram line, and Flanner, he was on the wrong side of the field. I think he got caught after a kick making a tackle, and he tried to sprint back to his spot, and he was at second marker, so he sort of left that gate open there, and all of a sudden you saw the Canberra Raiders really get on the front foot off the back of that. They went all the way down the other end, and thankfully uh, they got a penalty for a double movement there. But just that little moment from Flano where he tried to get out of the middle and try and get back to his spot, it almost cost his team, uh, the momentum was pretty hard to turn around after that. Uh, at halftime, the Dogs, they had 39% possession. They had made 85 more tackles, and they'd run 400 less metres. They'd had zero tackles in the red zone to 25. They were only down by 10. Uh, that's how the game finished up, down by 10. So, um, yeah, look, Canterbury, they will be disappointed with their performance. They would have thought that game was a really good opportunity to build off the back of a good win against the Sydney Roosters last week, a great win against the Sydney Roosters, but uh, wasn't meant to be the Canberra Raiders was ugly, but they get the job done. I thought Joey Tapenay, he looks great coming off the bench. I thought Matty Burton had a really good performance. I think Marshall King has to be an 80-minute hooker. I was very surprised when they took him off. I understand... The argument about Beyond Iodo bringing a bit of X-factor, but let's be perfectly honest here, he hasn't this season. Um, They always look dangerous with with Marshall King at nine for me. So I would have left him on the field there. Uh, So interesting to see what the Canterbury Bulldogs do over the next few weeks. Very disappointing off the back of that. And hopefully the Raiders, they can build off this. I'm not going to say it was a great performance, but it was better than what they've been throwing up. And it was the sort of game that you sort of felt like, oh, fuck, are the Raiders going to shit the bed here again? Uh, They managed to hold on. So well done to them. Uh, Friday night, the late game. What a game. Parramatta 22, Penrith 20. What a performance from Parramatta. I was so impressed. Penrith at Penrith. Um, I am sort of of the belief that Penrith, they just couldn't, keep getting up every single week. I don't think they played poorly in this game, though. Personally, I think it had more to do with Parramatta playing well uh, than Penrith not playing well. But I think that this little this L might be a, a good little thing for Penrith, to be honest with you, especially heading into Magic Round against the Melbourne Storm. Uh, they're going to be hurting off the back of this. Parramatta, uh, obviously, local rivals and whatnot. So a cracking game. I thought Gutho was incredible. Uh, try that he sets up for Matto where he plays through the lines. So you can obviously play before the line, at the line, playing through the line and for me it's the most impressive sort of ball playing where you hold the ball up, you let guys, you you, you let defenders make poor decisions and then you play through the middle of them. Very, very hard to do and Gutho, I, I I thought that play was great. he scored a try himself. He also had a forced dropout that was really important where he went from dummy half. There was nothing on. Put a little grubber in. I often think that Gutho, his kicking game, he can get a little bit kick-happy for no apparent reason but I thought he was really good in this game. So what under but Gutho, good performance. I thought Dylan Brown in the last 20 minutes, he was the difference, I thought he was sensational, Um, why on earth he was ever at centre, I'll never fucking know, Uh, yeah, injuries, whatever, uh, that's fine, you don't move your 5'8 out of that spot, yeah. Full stop, end of sentence. Uh, he's got to stay there now. They will not make that mistake again. Uh, the the Panthers, they'll be disappointed with the try. They did concede to Gutho with a couple of offloads there. out he, he was left down in back play. You had Jerome Luar who called Isaac Tungo out of the play the ball, uh, which meant that they were short down the short side. So bit of miscommunication, but they were unlucky that out was down on that play. But they had a lot of things go their way, Penrith. Obviously the try uh, that Taylor May scored, a great kick by Kikau, but Blatantly knocked it on the set before. I don't know how on earth uh, that guy that got by. So, look, as I said, I, I think Parramatta were just the better team. Um, I, I really do. I think that Parramatta got unlucky and still managed uh, to win that game. Ryan Madison coming off the bench. He is just going absolute millions at the moment. He looks so good. So, Parramatta, I mean... As much as they are not as they haven't been as impressive as they could be this year, they've now knocked over the Melbourne Storm and the Penrith Panthers. Both those teams have only lost one game this season. Both have been to the Parramatta Eels. So in the big games, they are showing up. They did it in Melbourne. They did it at Penrith. So Parramatta fans, I think you should be very, very excited. And hopefully that they, they, they can back this sort of stuff up come finals time because it's not unusual for Parramatta to do this during the regular season. It's when the bright lights are on them that we need to see them stand up. But as it stands right now... All signs pointing to Parramatta. They may have turned the corner. So, fingers crossed for them and their fans. Super Saturday, the Manly Seagulls 36 over the Tigers 22. Manly without Schuster and Olukuatu was ruled out late, as was Hank Scorpio, Brad Parker. Um, There was a Stefano Sinbin. Manly scored twice in that period. Uh, So, look, I mean... Before the Sinbin happened, it was 4 0 to Manly. During the Sinbin, they won that period 10 0. After that, it was 22 all. So, um, look, Tigers. As much as they didn't score until the, the 50th minute, there was the sim bin and stuff. I thought they really regrouped well after halftime. 22-0 in the second half at Brookvale Oval. Not a bad gig. And to only lose the first half 14-0 when you had a player in the sim bin, I mean, not bad either. So Tigers, as much as you lost and you were hoping for a W there, uh, not a bad performance. Still stuff to improve on, no doubt about it. But I, I, I'm not really going to shoot down the Tigers for that performance. Brookvale Oval is a tough place to go to. you got to remember, the last few weeks, the Tigers' strike edge has been there right. They are missing Nofaluma, and they were missing uh, Luciano Lola still missing their fullback too so a lot of guys out for the Tigers they really did miss Dane Laurie I thought through the middle too but that right side that's been their strong side uh, was lacking a little bit so world under the Seagulls a good win Cola, he looked great Ben Travojevic unreal as well got a few things in D that he needs to work on uh, there's no doubt about that but you can see just how talented he is and Cola, some of the things that he did that try that he set up for DCE uh, very impressive so so good on his feet, it's insane. And once they get Oluquatu back, I think that right edge of the Manly Seagulls is going to be a serious fucking problem. Hopefully he's back this week. But yeah, good win by the Manly Seagulls. Tigers, uh, disappointing, but I really don't think it's panic stations for them. Luke Garner at centre, very impressive. Jesus, some back rowers that can jump into centre and do a fucking good job. Put some of the centres in the NRL to shame at the moment. Uh, the Sydney Roosters, 44 over the Titans, 16. I believe this one was from Mackay. Uh, the Roosters, Really good performance. I thought it was great to see Luke Kiry. He had fifty receipts of the ball. Walker only had eighteen. Walker did spend some time off the field, but shows that Luke Kiry is starting to take some control. As is James Tedesco. I thought him jumping into first receiver and jumping down short sides looked really dangerous this week. So good signs for the Sydney Roosters. I wouldn't say they're back. Uh, it was a good game, no doubt about that. They also had Lindsay Collins off the field for ten minutes. So to score forty four when you had to play a sin bin, pretty impressive. But the Titans, I'm not sure if they're the greatest measuring stick, and that's with all due respect. Respect to the Titans, but we said at the side of the year we we're a little bit worried about, well, we, we, we were worried about them being a bottom four side. Copped a heat for it. They're currently sitting there. Um, they scored two tries off rebounds and dropped balls essentially in the in goals in this game. The Roosters also had a player sim bin. So, Titans not overly impressive to concede 44 and only score 16. Uh, and you know what? With 20 minutes to go, it was 24-16. to 16. The Titans were in this game. I mean, I thought the Roosters were the better team, despite having a player bin. But the Titans were in this game. Then the last 20 minutes, of just the, the extra class and the extra experience of the Sydney Roosters um, came over the top. It was 20 nil in the last 20 minutes. And it's very hard to win games of football when you lose the key last 20 minutes of games in that sort of fashion. So, disappointing for the Titans. They are missing troops, no doubt about that. They're missing Dave Fafita, a few other guys, but it's not looking overly great for them at the moment. Hopefully they can turn it around. Kieran Forenstein this week. I'm sure we'll talk about that on Bloke and Abar. If not, I'll talk about it this week. Uh, but yeah, disappointing for the Titans there. They would have been hoping for more. I will say this, though. The Titans put in such a big effort against the Penrith Panthers last week. It didn't surprise me that it was tough to back up this week, especially going up to Hot Mackay. Wasn't ideal, an ideal situation, but as we always say in the NRL... The NRL does not care. You just have to deal with what's thrown at you. Uh, and I thought they did okay to start that game with the class of the Roosters. Just t- t- took it out in the end. Late game, North Queensland Cowboys, Newcastle, Knights, Cowboys thirty six over the Knights sixteen. Twenty point victory here. Scott Drinkwater, he is all class, as are Tommy Dearden and Chad Townsend. They're sensational. They're playing so direct at the moment. It's such a it's such a basic thing to say halves are playing direct, but so many teams go sideways. They've got a good forward pack, the Cowboys. I wouldn't say they have an outstanding forward pack let's be honest here you, you, you look at you know even if you look at the Newcastle Knights I mean I would take Jason Tamalolo but I would also take David Clemmer I would take the Saifidi boys I mean I as much as you know uh, a Lachlan Fitzgibbon isn't fantastic. He's probably a little bit more consistent than Nanai and Luca. So, I mean, as as much as they have huge upside. So, but their, their forward pack is just playing well above their weight. Their halves are just playing smart and they've got a heap of strike out wide. And Drinky's just the cherry on top of it all out the back. Um, so, yeah, the Cowboys, good win at home. Uh, I don't think this really shocked anyone. If anything, people probably expect them to win by a little bit more. I know that I did. Uh, th- those two back rowers, as I said, they're high end up. Side, Lukey and Nanai, they're they're just freaks. These two, they've got so much ability, it's crazy. Uh, when I look at the Newcastle Knights, obviously missing troops, missing Gagai, missing Frizzell. You know, missing Clifford, missing you know a heap of changes in the halves and everywhere. It's not ideal. I thought they did better than what I expected them to. I know Knights fans won't be happy with that. The record is now two and seven. It's all fallen apart very quickly. When you make fourteen errors going up to North Queensland when they're a good side, it's going to be very hard to hang in the contest. I thought KP Timmy's been talking about it for a number of weeks. The way that they use Kalen Ponger, and I'm sure he'll talk about it on bloke in a bar today. But fuck, he looked so much dangerous when he was playing up and when he was playing flat. Uh, so hopefully the Knights, I'm not sure who they play next week, but they, they they can take more out of this game than what they have the last few weeks. But tough going to Brisbane next week. I don't have the draw in front of me. I might just get it up quickly. I can't think off the top of my head who they play in Magic Round. Uh, but they play the Canterbury Bulldogs Friday 6pm. Uh, so reasonably short turnaround there. Uh, yeah, that'll be a big, big game for them. That they'll, they'll, they'll want to get that one for sure. Because after that... Uh, could t- if they lose that one, it could turn pretty ugly. They're then back to Newcastle next week against Brisbane. The week after against Brisbane, who are going well. Then they got the Warriors up at Redcliffe. So yeah, tough. Yeah, geez, fuck. I hope they can get a W soon into their bye. So hopefully they don't go into their bye with a record of ten and two. That would be very very disappointing for this Newcastle night side. Hopefully they bounce back. Uh, Sunday afternoon, the Melbourne Storm forty-two over the Dragons six. Melbourne. Being Melbourne, um, I thought St. George manned up early. Uh, you had, you know, it, it, it's just the errors that cost St. George. You know, in their back line, they had eight errors. It's just too much. Every single player in their back line had a mistake, and then by had about three. Um, you had that moment where Jack Bird went down the short side. There was nothing on, but... And, you know, it's easy to bag Jack Bird for that. But this is what Melbourne do. They strangle you into just giving you no options that you have to go a little bit unorthodox. And as soon as you do, mate, most teams Jack Bird could do that against and you don't really get a result out of it. Nothing happens. Instead, he turns the ball over and they go the length of the field and they score. And Jack Bird has gone from trying to be a little bit creative down the short side because there's just nothing on their Defense is too good. To all of a sudden standing behind his sticks, watching Ryan Pappenhausen kick another goal. It's just, it is a tough, tough watch. Pappy Munster, Grant. They were sensational. Hughesy had a very strong game as well. Pappy obviously got injured in this one, so it'll be interesting to see how he's going. I heard him mention after the game that he's obviously had a couple of knocks coming into this game. Ankle, knee, uh, did his hammy in that game. So it's going to give him a few weeks to have a bit of a spell. I would assume uh, that this would just about lock either Nico Hines or Jack White into a 14 jersey. I don't think Freddie will pick him uh, without a couple of games under his belt coming back off a hamstring injury. Uh, it's a bit too much of a punt for me. So, Interesting to see what we do with Pappy in Supercoach. Uh, a lot of people will be working out what they're going to do there. Look, 42-6. to 6. I thought the Storm were unlucky not to score more tries, to be honest with you. I thought Olam came very close two or three times to scoring. Um, yeah, good performance by Melbourne Dragons. Disappointing you concede 42, and I think it probably should have been more. But I think it's time they just hand the keys to these young kids. I think the Embiid experiment at fullback, it's done. I'm sorry, he's not He's not the consistent machine to the point where you don't take a punt on Amone making a couple of errors and Byer's making a couple of errors every single fucking week. It's not working. Make the change. Let them play. Let the kids play. I just, I. it just makes no sense to me. But we'll see what Hook does. Uh, last game of the week, Sharks 29 over the New Zealand Warriors 10. Fuck you, New Zealand Warriors fans. This was a tough gig. This is the sort of thing that the Warriors, I would have expected them to do in their entire existence until about two years ago when they were really showing resiliency uh, and this sort of stuff wouldn't happen to them. They get to this game at Shark Park. They're desperate for a win in this game. It was a great opportunity. Player sent off. Will Kennedy, I I thought he was a little bit unlucky in this moment. I I don't think he had any malice uh, in the tackle, but he got beat. He hung the arm out. It's been a send-off in Rugby League uh, for as long as I've ever watched Rugby League, so I thought it was a fair call, uh, but New Zealand, they should have won this game. Sean Johnson, I think he'll be very disappointed uh, with his performance in this one, all things considered. Going back to Shark Park, knows the ground well, uh, which which really does matter for me, um, and wasn't able to get the job done. A couple of poor kicks they came up with, especially Especially when, you know, Jesse Raymond got Simbin. In my opinion, the the, the Jesse Raymond one was probably worse than the Will Kennedy one. As much as the Will Kennedy one looked more theatrical because of the coat hanger sort of thing, I thought that Jesse Raymond's tackle was much more dangerous. And I think that if Will Kennedy wasn't already sent off. I think Raymond would have got sent off for sure. I think they kind of saved themselves there. So Warriors fans, I can understand you being a little bit shitty because your player, Ewan Aitken, who was killing it, by the way, um, had to leave the field and didn't come back. So I do feel sorry for you. You should have still won the game. No doubt about that. And I think most Warriors fans will admit that, but it kind of feels like you got a little bit gypped there because there was already a send-off to me. We'll talk about that on Bloke in a Bar. Uh, but yeah, no need for me to put the foot into the New Zealand Warriors. A very disappointing performance. Played dumb footy for a, long of the, uh, a lot of the time, but got to give credit to the Sharks and you know this is what I've been saying for the last few weeks that when you when you're missing guys like Cam McInnes Wade Graham Dale Finucan, um, you know your attitude can drop shock me these three guys are in the team and they come up with I honestly think that's the most courageous victory I've ever seen in rugby league that was incredible what they did um, I, I, I've got a list of about six or 7 try tri-saving tackles by guys and some of them it's got times two times three next to their name Cam McInnes Dale Finucane Karen some huge ones Tig Wilton he was sent Sensational too. Nico Hines in attack was on another fucking level. They had they they should take the game that he played there and cut that up and give it to every halfback in this league. The way that he controlled the game despite only having 12 and at times only having 11, his kicking game was incredible. There was one 20 that he just missed. He sort of mishit that one. Other than that, his kicks were spot on. So Nico Hines, very impressive. Talakai, I think he set a very high standard for himself early. If he wouldn't have done that, we're still saying Talakai's braining it though. 200 metres of trisys, he's doing very, very well, Sifatalkai, despite not reaching the heights that we probably expected him to based on a couple of weeks ago, uh, he's still doing very well. 63 minutes with 12 players. Um, What was it they played? Another um, 10 minutes with only 11 on the field, so... Pretty crazy what they managed to do here. Consider this as well for Theta and Way Graham. They haven't played a heap of rugby league yeah, and they were playing extra minutes there. Even, even Cam McInnes isn't used to playing that many minutes. Uh, Dale Finucane's had a couple of weeks off. Connor Tracy's in for his first game. So, I mean, the more you look at it, the more impressive it is for the Sharkies and the more disappointing it is for the New Zealand Warriors. So well done to the Sharks. Courageous as all hell. A good bounce back off a tough few weeks. You've got to remember as well, they played three games in 11 days leading into this game. They had a big break in this one and that's going to take a lot out of the tank. So that'll be another interesting side to watching Magic Round next week. But New Zealand, very disappointing. Cronulla, courageous as all hell. Well done to them. One of the best victories I have ever seen. Guys, that is your round. Round nine rapid review. Uh, stay tuned over the next 24 hours. All of the content coming from the Bloke and a Bark podcast featuring Den and Kemp, myself, and the one and only Timmy Williams from the Supercoach Playbook. Beers and Breakevens this week. We're going to actually have to record on Wednesday. Uh, there's a bit going on in Bloke Studios this week, so we've had to push that back a little bit. So that'll be 24 hours late. But plenty more content coming on the Rugby League Guru podcast today and for the rest of the week leading into Magic Round.
0: get